irreverent, entertaining, cool, cool, cool. You're listening to the only radio that matters, BBS Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, only on BBS Talk Radio. Hello, yes, it is my party, and welcome everyone to The Art of Love. And to all my international guests, I'd like to say benvenuti, bienvenue, bienvenidos, and willkommen. Yes, I am showing off. I do that once in a while. And as usual, I am on the 36th floor of a beautiful building in downtown L.A., and actually, it is a secret location because I don't even know the name of the building, I realize. If you say, what building are you in, I'd be like, I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, we have a... Great show today, and I'm not just saying that. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, we have a great show today. No, trust me. Everyone that listens will be transformed. Men will become women. Women will become men. (laughs) I was up early this morning making notes because I am so excited about this topic, and it is about women's infidelity. We're going to be busting a lot of myths, and as a friend of mine wrote to me on MySpace, busting a lot of balls, too. (laughs) So I'm Lucia, your host, a dating and relationship expert, if you haven't figured it out. And uh, I'm here every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. And I help you with your dating dilemmas. I take live calls. I have great authors on as guests, like the one today. I have other experts, dating and relationship experts, because I can't know everything. I know almost everything. I, of course, have uh, news items once in a while. There's something interesting happening in the news with... Uh, love and dating. I'm so happy to answer your emails and of course to uh, take your calls regarding your emails. There's always Celebrity Corner and if we have time today I will make my comment on Pink, the fact that she's getting divorced. I actually met her a few years ago so hopefully I'll be able to tell you a little bit about that encounter and once in a while I will sprinkle the show with my uh, love life if I feel like it. If I know it's not going to get me in trouble I have to be careful what I say. If you were listening last week, you may recall uh, Doc Love was on, and he very nicely sent me an um, email later on saying that I was a great interviewer. So thank you so much for that, and that was actually my first interview. I just look at interviews like um, a phone call, like I'm just talking to the person. I don't try to make an interview. I'm just very curious about what he had to say, and that's how I do my interviews, which I think is probably the best way to do it, right? Instead of trying to sound all professional, which obviously I don't sound all professional. And he was actually nice enough to send me a gift of songs, the CDs of songs. I'm not sure why. I haven't listened to them all uh, yet. I need to ask him why the CDs. So today's guest, she'll be calling in in a few minutes, is Michelle Langley. And she wrote a book called Women's Infidelity. And the actual title, the whole title, is uh, Women's Infidelity, Living in Limbo, what women really mean when they say, I'm not happy. How many times have you heard that, guys? And we're going to talk about the fact that women are really not as monogamous as they have been thought to be. And that maybe encouraging that myth of the female monogamy is just a way of keeping women's sexuality down. Because what if women were just as into sexual pleasure and having as many partners as men were, then what would happen? So we're going to discuss that. And her website, if you'd like to go to it before she calls in, is womensinfidelity.com. Do you know how to spell infidelity? High infidelity? Was there, a, there was an album called High Infidelity. Now I'm revealing my age. I was just a baby when that came out. <laughs> I was two, but I could read. Um, yes, it's let me spell it for you. W-O-M-E-N-S-I-N-F-I-D-E-L-I-T-Y dot com. Women's infidelity. All right. 
And my website is theartoflove.net if you've not been there yet. And uh, you can see all my comings and goings, my articles, uh, clips from my TV show. And what else do I have there? Um, I have so much in there, I don't even know what I have. <laughs> you can call in for counseling. Uh, make a phone appointment to call in. And uh, I don't know. There's so much going on on that website, I can't remember. And then, of course, I have a book titled Lucia's Lessons of Love. LLL. Notice the alliteration for those of you paying attention. And that is, I call it the Cliff Notes to Love, Dating, and Relationships. And it's an easy read because it's written in Q&A form. I ask a question and then I answer it. I ask a question and then I answer it. And it's not the usual questions, you know. I try to do things differently. And um, it's questions... Oh, I hear phone. Let's answer it. <laughs> What's up? Hello? Hi, this is Michelle Langley. Hi, Michelle. It's Lucia. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I am so excited about this interview today, and I'm not kidding. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever spoken, isn't it? I know. And, you know, I know you gave me the book several years ago. Yeah. And I had said I was going to write an article about it. And oh, okay. Uh, you probably don't remember, but I do. I remember I remember all the promises I made. And I always try to fulfill my promises. So I felt bad that I had never written the article. And, in fact, I had never even finished the book. I took it with me to Miami. I took it to uh, Las Vegas. And I still hadn't finished it. And uh, now that I got this radio show a few weeks ago, I thought, I need to have Michelle on because I love what I've read so far. And, yes, I did finish the book, so fear not. Oh, you did? Yes, I, yes, I finished it. I guess it you haven't uh, read the second book. So. Oh, no, there's another book? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm working on a third. Uh, the second book is a step-by-step -step for women to break out of limbo. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'll have to get the second book from you another time, but let's discuss the first book now. Uh, I was up early this morning. Yeah, because the second book's not, uh, it's not published yet. It's, okay. Uh, well, it'll be in print like in June. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to it, definitely. But I was up early this morning making a ton of notes, and I have a ton okay. of questions. <laughs> but why don't you um, tell me a bit about your background so everyone will know who you are and how you came to write your book, Women's Infidelity. Okay. Uh, well, basically, uh, I started writing the book. I was like 27 years old. And I noticed that there was just a distinct difference in the way that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just started asking some questions because it was so distinct. And um, anyway, the responses I got were just, it was just very bizarre that no one wanted to talk about it, you know. Because mm -hmm. the first person, the place I went, I went to my mother. And she just, you know, she didn't want to talk about it. She had a kind of a grin on her face. But then, you know, and we had a very open relationship. Mm -hmm. But it, you could just tell it was a taboo subject. And I experienced this regularly with women that I knew. And so I just knew that there was more to this than, you know, mm -hmm. there was something going on and I wanted right. to know what it was. So that's right. basically how it started. Wonderful. Okay. So, well, let, let me start because I went to your website and I'm going to answer, uh, I mean, ask some of the questions that you posted about how, what the book answers. And then I'll give you all my millions of questions here. So why okay. is it that females push males for commitment? Well, it's because there's a talk that, they, that males don't want commitment. And in the past, up until very recently, mm -hmm. I mean, in the last you know few decades, women needed to get a commitment from men because that's how they were going to be supported. It had nothing to do with relationships. It had nothing to do with female insecurity other than anything other than financial. Mm -hmm. There was no, else, no other way for a woman to be supported. You know, so getting a commitment from a man was basically getting a job. Right. You know, that was, the, the male was the female's employer. You know, yeah. so, uh, and, uh, you know, men viewed their bosses in the same way that women viewed their husbands. Uh-huh. You know, the same type of setup. Okay, so now that women are more financially independent, I, I, it seems like we were still pushing males for commitment. Is it because it's still in our psyche? Well, it's, it, uh, you know, this is something that's been going on for thousands of years. Yeah. And we're still, you know, you can watch TV and you can still see things and hear things about the way things used to be. Mm -hmm. And they're just not like that anymore. You know, and unfortunately, women are conditioned to believe still that men don't want commitment and that they do want commitment. Mm -hmm. 
And it's not to say that women don't want relationships, but getting a commitment for a male, being in a relationship is not nearly as important to females as that it's been led to believe. I mean, in the past, it was important. That's how they ate. Right. You know, that's Survival. how they put a roof over their head. Right. But there's, it, this is not, females are not naturally insecure. The oh. male is actually more insecure than the female. Wait a minute. Okay, so how, why, why do you say that? That's very interesting. Well, the females come, all females, the female animal, including the human animal, mm -hmm. it comes with a built-in purpose, you know, to uh -huh. have offspring. Right. The male doesn't have that purpose, so the male has to find their own purpose. So there's an innate insecurity in males to begin with. And not to mention that males have no idea, you know, if offspring produces theirs, which also creates an insecurity. Mm -hmm. So is that not changing? don't now? have that. Yeah, but now that we have the paternity test, that's probably changing their thought pattern in terms of... Well, the thing is, is that men are still uh, operating under the old belief system, mm -hmm. too. And it, you know, this goes around and round in circles on at womensinfidelity.com, you yeah. know, the posters on the uh, message boards. The men continuously talk about how it's worse for women to cheat. They have no idea why they think that. Uh -huh. The reason they think that is because that males would have had to have, you know, uh, provided for offspring that wasn't there. That's the only reason that we had that belief. And, uh, it's, you know, men should have their children paternity tested at birth, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we can go ahead and get rid of the double standard and, you know, the sexes can start respecting each other and appreciating each other as opposed to each one wanting something from the other. You see what I mean? Yeah. So in the past, women wanted men's money and right. men wanted sex. Right. Uh, now, I've always heard that if a woman cheats, a man is less likely to forgive her than if a man cheats, the woman is more likely to forgive him. Have you found that? No, not at all. Uh -huh. As a matter of fact... Uh, there for, uh, there's a good article somewhere on the web. It's called Gender Differences uh, Between the Sexes in Terms of Infidelity. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no difference in the way men react as opposed to the way women react. Men are just as likely to forgive their spouse. And in today's world, I actually think men are more likely to forgive than women because women are being raised mm -hmm. to not tolerate cheating. Right. You know, whereas men are still being raised that it's not natural. You know, women aren't naturally inclined to cheat. Mm -hmm. So men are completely caught off guard by it. Yes. So I think that, uh, but it, as far, in this article, they said the only difference is that men feel more isolated because they're less likely to reach out for help. But it, but if you if you go to any message board and read the post, you will have no idea whether it's a man or a woman speaking. Mm. They say the same things. They do the same things. Right. Now, why is it that females are thought of as naturally monogamous and uh, males also think that, but yet it's not true? And, and, and what was the last part I'm of that sorry, question? I confused you. Okay, let me just read what it said. Okay, why females think they're naturally monogamous and why males think so too? Well, uh, up in, you know, men were, men, males and females were taught that women were naturally monogamous mm -hmm. so that men would have no problems in, in supporting women. Because it would be really hard to get a man to support a female if she was if he believed she was as likely to cheat as he was. Right. Because okay. he's not gonna. He's, he, every child that came into the world, he'd be thinking, "Is that one mine?" And yeah. not to mention, men sometimes have that suspicion anyway. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I interviewed a girl from Africa once, and she said that that the one thing that they were taught as young females is you never ever mention anything about the way a child looks, other than. It looks just like the dad. She says there's no joking, there's nothing. When a baby's born, it always looks just like the dad. <laughs> mm, even if it doesn't. <laughs> so, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And actually, I heard a statistic, oh, I can't remember exactly what it was, that act, people, guys that think they're the father, in 30, like 30% 30 of the cases, they're really not the father. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard as high as 30%. Yeah. And uh, there was also... Uh, I read an article where a woman, where an older woman said, in my day, women just knew not to speak of those things. Mm. You know, it was something that you just didn't talk about. And I happen to have, over the years, I have, I, in my circle of friends, I have someone who uh, was, it was common knowledge that one of the children wasn't the father's, but nobody talked about it. Right. You know, you just knew not to talk about it. Exactly, yeah. I think that's a good way to go. Okay, now, um, 
with uh, why is it that women lose sexual desire for their husband? Well, I think it's the same thing that you you experience with men. It's, uh, familiarity does Free you know, kill sexual desire. Mm -hmm. And uh, with women, they just don't, you know, up until recently, women just didn't view sex as something that was for them. Mm -hmm. They were raised that sex is for the male. Sex is something they do for the male. Yeah. And so when they get into their marriages, you know, it's, a lot of them were using sex to either, you know, withholding sex in order to get a commitment. It was never something that they just did for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's not the most enjoyable of experience, you know. It's just <laughs> something they do. And uh, so then they get married, and it just becomes another job that they do. Right. That's how they viewed it. But now they're starting to wake up and realize it's not just another job. Right. But they're having that sex with men up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you how know, they... I mean, really what you'll see is that, you know, that what's interesting, too, and uh, um, and this is just such a heated topic. It is. You know, when you're talking with men about this, men are becoming very, you know, I, I find that men become very self-righteous mm. like women used to be, uh -huh. you know. Like, how can how can a woman cheat? How can a woman cheat? And those are things that women used to say. Right. How could a man cheat, you know? Yeah. And men would be, you know, say things like, it's not that big deal, it's just sex, and on and on and on. So it's really interesting, you know, the, the things that we say in order to try to manipulate the other sex. Right. You know? Right, the tables are turning. So what mm -hmm. is it that women really, really do want sexually? Well, I think that uh, women want more sex per sitting. Mm. You know, uh, sexual, you know, it really, I think affairs are very conducive to female sexuality. Uh, in an affair, typically, when people get together, they spend two or three hours in bed. Wow. And that's, that's what they do. It's, it's a full sexual experience, lots of touch and lots of... You know, sometimes multiple orgasms, and the sex that, that you know happens in marriage typically is not like that at all. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It just it's, it's, uh, women don't find that uh, just don't find marital sex very satisfying. Could it well could it be maybe they're with the wrong person, or is it the guys just they don't care? They figure they have you, and they don't need to try as hard in bed. Well, I think that it's a, I think it's a combination of that. Mm -hmm. I think that. Uh, I, I do think that men don't sometimes put as much effort into uh, their marriages because they think that women, you know, that just getting married is what the woman wanted. Right. You know? and she'll be happy I mean, forever. I, it's really important that, that both sexes understand that they are contributing to the problem. It's not one sex's fault. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so there's uh, societal beliefs that are causing the problem and, and each sex. You know, I've done a lot of research since women's infidelity, and there's a lot of things that, you know, women are really, really being conditioned to not like men, mm. and uh, it's really unfair. Definitely. You know, a lot of the beliefs we have about male behavior and their bad behavior isn't isn't necessarily true, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, there's, there's a lot that's involved in this problem. And uh, you say that marriage and fidelity can actually be more difficult for women than it is for men? But the reason being is, one, we don't teach women about their sexuality, and mm -hmm. two, women move into their sexual prime as they age. So not only is a woman unprepared because she has been taught that sex is important to her, right. but then she moves into her sexual prime, mm -hmm. and it becomes hugely important, Yeah, you know, because her... Uh, her estrogen levels drop and her body's being affected, affected more by testosterone. So now she's, you know, has all this sexual desire and she naturally attributes to uh, something wrong in her marriage because why else would she be feeling this way? Because she wasn't taught that she desired, that she was ever going to desire multiple sexual partners. I think with younger girls we might see less of a problem with this because younger girls are, you know, um, I don't think young girls are quite as, um, sexually knowledgeable. You know, have the beliefs that we had. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still a double standard, but it, 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 with the younger generation, I don't think it's, it's nearly as bad as it, as it was. So this probably explains why, because I do a lot of um, talk on, um, you know, cougar relationships, older women, younger men. So this probably explains why older men, sorry, older women and younger guys seem to really go well together. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's something that... 
you know, has been, you know, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, isn't really in the past, wasn't discussed, especially when I was doing the research for my book. But yeah. uh, it's becoming much more common knowledge now. But women are attracted to younger males just like men are attracted to young females. Well, this isn't something that it, that's ever been talked about, no. you know. Um, Till now. But it, it's just, it makes sense. You know, it just, it, it definitely makes sense. But, if, you know, we say that females are attracted to older males if they need money. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the older male has more money. Usually, yeah. But when it comes just down to sex, uh-uh. uh, the, older, the, the, the female isn't attracted to an older male for sex. No. It's for, can this older male take care of me? Right. But, yeah, there's definitely, you know, I, I talk with women, and, and there's definitely an attraction, a strong physical attraction towards young males. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, your book was the first time that I had read that women initiate the majority of the divorces, and even if they're married to men who treat and love uh, treat them well and love them. So why is that they are the ones initiating most of the divorces? Well, I think that women, they like I said, women get think that they want to get married. Mm-hmm. They think it's going to be the greatest thing on earth, yeah. and then they get into marriage, and they don't find it to be very satisfying. Right. They, and they and plus they start moving into their sexual prime. They start naturally becoming more independent, and it just doesn't feel right to them. What's really happening is we're dropping our roles. You know, the the roles of the past that they were just that they were roles. The role of husband, the role of wife, and the role of wife in the traditional sense does not feel natural to women anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel natural to pretend like this is this is what I want. You know, I want to take care of you and you know, mop the floors, and I want, you know, right. it, this is what I want to do, you know? It just doesn't feel natural. And that I'm, you know, uh, the wife that doesn't have sexual desire, that type of thing. Yeah. You know, women get into it, and they, they just like, this just doesn't feel right. You know, if a woman has uh, money, mm-hmm. you know, if she, if she isn't afraid of taking care of herself, right. the role just feels funny. Yeah, you know, I, I've never been married, and uh, people always say to me, how come you're, you've never been married? And, I mean, to be honest, I just really never felt the need to be married. I didn't think there was anything there for me. I've always been pursuing uh, different artistic careers, singer, model, et cetera, et cetera, and I, I just never thought, oh, I want to get married and have children. It's like, I really don't care. And I think probably yeah, I think- more and more women are starting to think like that. Yeah, it, it is true, and, you know, it, it would be a lot easier. I mean, this is a really difficult time that people are going through because relationships are in transition, and we're transitioning out of an old belief system, mm-hmm. and that belief system was in place not because it's the way things were, you know, the way they really were. It's just that uh, it was what was necessary at the time. Because of the economics. You know? And uh, it had nothing to do with what was natural, let's put it that way. Right. But, uh, you know, and it's, so these beliefs, this is why it's so hard for people, because women are really struggling with, you know, the feelings of this isn't what I want, but yet they've been conditioned to believe this is what they want, and it's a very torn feeling that they have. You know, and, and society's not making it any easier either, no. because, you know, for the last several decades, there has been like a mission to make uh, males bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's really unfair as well. So women are being, have been raised you know, for the last 30 or 40 years to believe that men are bad mm-hmm. and uh, that they're good, right. you know. And, you know, I, I found a lot of interesting stuff as far as domestic abuse and and uh, mm-hmm. men being equally as, uh, uh, abused as women in relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, uh, women molesting children, which is something we don't care very much wow, about. No. You know, all of this stuff is covered up. And so this just fuels the fire for women. You know? Right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that women are always the ones that think they want to get married and have a commitment, and um, and yet they're the ones that file for divorce, whereas with men, um, you always think, oh, no, they don't want to get married, they resist it. And then once they're married, they're happy, and they don't want to get divorced. Yeah. It, and they're, uh, men are, uh, from what I understand, uh, you know, and I discussed this in the second book about men actually being kind of naturally more committed than women. Mm. A man doesn't base his commitment on feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, if he thinks, you know, my wife doesn't, you know, uh, excite me like she used to, that has no bearing on whether or not he's committed to her. 
mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. He, he's committed to that situation. So whereas a woman is everything's based on the way that she feels. That's and right. feelings come and go. Right. So as far as commitment, women can be much less reliable than men. I totally agree. What about the old double standard uh, that, you know, women are always afraid to sleep with a guy too soon because they think that he's not going to take them seriously. Do you find that still exists? Uh, I think that uh, sometimes it exists if a woman really likes the guy. I think that women gauge their behavior based on how they feel about the guy. Mm-hmm. If they're not interested in the guy long term, they'll sleep with him whenever they want, you know, yeah. 10 minutes after meeting him if they want. If they, you know, feel that it might hinder them being able to be in a relationship with the guy, they might hold out for a period of time. You know, so I think it just depends on uh, what's on their mind. And I think some women just don't care. Right. You know, and the thing is, is that women need to have sex if they want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And no ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. Yeah. You know, if, a, if the man's going to leave you because you didn't wait 72 hours right. and 32 minutes to have sex with him, yeah. screw it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, he's old so, paradigm. I mean, that's just silly. It's manipulation. Right. You know, which, of course, I think is leading now to this um, hookup culture that I'm sure you've heard about happening in college where people are just meeting and doing it on the first date. What do you think of all that? Well, I think that that it's like, it's very much like a drug. It's like drinking. It's like anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're using it for a quick thrill. Um, And I think that probably within a short period of time that, you know, it probably becomes boring to them. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, um, shaming people just creates more desire. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably will. Uh, I haven't interviewed anybody on any college campuses. I am well aware of you know What's the sexual escapades going on now. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't think that there's anything that we can do to prevent it. I think that you know, sex is natural. And people are going to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully, in the near future, we'll stop using each other to manufacture. manufacture. But the only way to understand this type of stuff mm-hmm. is to is through experience, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can you can tell if you tell your kids the truth. One thing, which a lot of parents don't tell their children the truth, they right. just say, "Wait till you're married," or "Don't have sex," or right. "It's great with the person that you love," whatever. Yeah. You know, it can be great with someone you don't even like. <laughs> you know? Yes. So, you know, it, it, if we're more honest with our children, and then what they learn through experience, too, when they go, you know what, that was just a quick thrill, and it was nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's why men can be more committed as well, is because they're they're not deluded about sex. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas a woman's thinking, oh, my God, this is the greatest feeling on earth. Yeah. You know, a woman can fall in love after you know, because of sex. Mm-hmm. That was great sex. I'm in love. Yeah. You know? So she connects that, that feeling, that intensity with love, whereas the man doesn't do that. Is that like, because? That was, that was great sex. Is that because of the oxytocin? Uh, well, no, it's because that women are taught that they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to do that unless they had those feelings. Oh, you see okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that when we talk about commitment, we confuse that with bonding. Mm-hmm. A woman can have a very close, you know, feel very close and bonded to someone she has sex with right after she has sex. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean she has to be exclusive with that man. There's no natural exclusiveness. Mm-hmm. That's what we 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 uh, confuse. You know, when we really, and I hope that I don't take this in another direction because I don't want to confuse oh. anybody, but, so but when we talk about the old system, the mm-hmm. old system, most people think that the old system where is was women traded money for sex. Mm-hmm. That really wasn't how the system worked. The system worked where men or women were sexually exclusive in exchange for being provided for. Ah. You see, there's a difference. When you when you understand that, then you know that, oh, women aren't naturally monogamous. That was the trade off. Mm-hmm. You support me and I won't sleep with anybody. Right. Else. You see what I mean? Yes. So uh it, you know, and, you know, just some DNA testing, we found many animals that they thought were monogamous aren't monogamous. The offspring isn't 
you know, doesn't belong to the, the mate that the females mate it to. Mm-hmm. You know, so at ovulation, women are inclined to, you know, have uh, <laughs> <kind of> sperm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, I was reading this one study in one of my books, and it said that they, in 20 years of, of analyze, or uh, watching, observing these animals, I believe they were gorillas, never once saw female cheat. Uh-huh. And yet, when the DNA testing came about, they found that the offspring wasn't with any of the males in the tribe that they were with, or whatever they call it. I yeah. don't know what they call it, but anyway. <laughs> but then they started watching and noticed that the females wandered off once a month ah. for a day. And so, you know, and then this this urge to uh, for multiple partners, you know. So I would assume that that young females have this urge once a month mm-hmm. to gather sperm, and then as we age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and move into a sexual prime, this desire for multiple par- partners is much more frequent. Yeah, you know, I always um, tell women, um, I say, until you have a commitment, you should date at least two or three guys at, at the same time. You know, I call it a pair and a spare. And, uh, right. <laughs> but I always make sure to include, if it's in my call, in parentheses, uh, date, but not necessarily sleep with other guys. Because if um, I say, you know, date, but you can also sleep with, two or three guys at the same time, everyone would be up in arms and going like, what? What do you mean sleep with two other three guys at the same time? But that's actually what I really feel. It's like, if you want to sleep with two or three guys, go ahead. But yet society will knock you down if you try and do that. Well, see, here's the thing. You know, uh, it, when you think about what women, uh, you know, a lot of times men will say, women just seem to want so much so soon. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason for that. In the past, a, a man... He might be dating two or three women and, and sleeping with them. Right. He's having a great time. Uh-huh. Whereas a woman, she couldn't have more than one partner. Yeah. Because this would lower her value. Right. So all of her needs had to be filled by that one guy that wasn't wanting to see her very often. Right. I remember talking to this one woman, and she said that she had been seeing this guy, and she just wanted more. They they got together once a week, sometimes once every two weeks, and, and you know, he kept telling her, I don't want anything more than this. Mm. And she said, something finally clicked her, and she started dating other men right. and having sex with other men. And she yeah. said she would never want to commit to anyone again like that. She said once she got that out of her head, of that she would feel bad about herself, yeah. you know, she was like, no wonder the, these men don't want to commit. <laughs> you know, she said it was just her shame that was keeping her from trying to get this one man to fulfill her needs. Right. Yeah, I mean... Um, you know, which is not to say that women don't want relationships, because some sure. women do want relationships, and we go through periods in our life where where having a committed relationship is something that we want, and times in our life when having a committed relationship isn't what we want. Yeah. You know, so I think we go through phases, and uh, we it's just... we have, we're, we're starting to become more conscious. Instead of, you know, looking at things as this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, mm-hmm. we need to make conscious decisions about what type of life we want to live. Right. You know, if you're going to make a commitment to be with someone for the rest of your life, then you need to know up front that mm-hmm. this is not something that's natural. This will be right. a decision that you have to make Every knowing day. that there will be many times along the way that you're not going to want that. Right. You know? And I don't think that women do that. And a lot of women don't go into their marriages. This is something else that... You know, the, the, a lot of women don't go into their marriages thinking this is going to be forever. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And men do. And that's really not fair. Men need to understand that, that a lot of women today don't think of marriage as forever. They see it as a step. One step in their journey. Right. If it lasts, it lasts. If not, then move on. Right. Um, you know, and but yet they're they're entering into this union leading this man to believe that, that they are thinking of it forever. Mm-hmm. See, and, and that's not really not fair. Right. So and, I think women yeah. are going to have to, you know, become more honest about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and also just to add to something you said earlier about women, they want a commitment sooner because they're only dating one guy. That, you know, really explains why women, when they start dating someone, they usually want a commitment within, you know, a very short period of time, like within a month. Whereas it, right, because they don't want to lose their value. I don't want to sleep with you if you're not going to be around for a while because then I won't be as valuable to the next guy. Yeah. Whereas, that, that's kind of how they're conditioned to think, how women are conditioned to think. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas guys, because they are dating other women or because they just take a longer time to make a commitment, they usually take like three to six months to finally decide they want to be exclusive. Right, exactly. 
Exactly. Because they know the woman usually wants a commitment. They know every, any woman they date, oh, she's going to be asking for a commitment, so they wait for the signs of being pushed into it. And yet if the woman doesn't, then they, they, get, they go, well, wait a minute, why isn't she pushing me for a commitment? What's going on? Right. They're, right. They're surprised. Yeah, and then, you know, because, you know, the ego is set up, and I'm not talking about the male ego, I'm talking about the ego period, the ego in women and men, it's set up to what, what it can't have. That's just how the ego works. Ah. So, if the woman wants commitment, the man doesn't. Right. If the man wants commitment, the woman doesn't. And it's, you know, and this is all because we don't understand enough about ourselves. You know, the old system was set up so that each person wanted something, and it's each person thought that there was that the other person didn't want what they wanted, so which kept the desire there, you know. Yeah. And so, kept people locked together, you mm-hmm. know, uh, without going into relationships with conscious thought. There was no conscious thought into uh, I need someone to support me, and for men, I need get sex. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to procreate, and a lot of men do want to procreate. That's something we don't talk about very much either. You know. Um, you know, the, a lot of men, you know, in the past, it was always, oh, women just want to have kids, and the men didn't want to have kids. Men want to have kids. Yes, they do. And um, also, just um, before I forget, earlier we were talking about the hookup culture, and you said something in your book, and I'll quote directly, it said, um, you know, women are being allowed, are, are being shamed, women allow shame to manipulate their sexual behavior, but still they will no longer feel they have to deny, explain, or defend themselves, which I think that's what's happening now with the hookup culture. They're like, you know what, I'm a sexual yes, being. Yes. I think that's exactly what's happening. Now, in, in the next decade, I think we're going to see a real shift, though, with men. Uh-huh. Men are going to stop supporting women. Mm-hmm. Men are going to, you know what I mean? Yep. And, and there's also going to be a big shift in, uh, I think that will come to a point where men will no longer be required to pay child support. Mm-hmm. Um, men will have joint custody of the kids. I think joint custody is going to become mandatory. Yeah. I think we're going to get a male birth control pill. Mm-hmm. Right now, mm-hmm. women have men over the barrel. Yeah, they do. You know, so uh, these things are going to change. And, and this side of the story you don't hear a lot about. And uh, and I just in my second book, this the the largest chapter in the book is about that specifically. Um, because we don't hear about this stuff, so women don't really understand the, the male side of the story, mm-hmm. you know. And again, that just fuels anger. But just as women are going to no longer be shamed about their sex, about sex, men are no longer going to be shamed about their feelings and about money and about feeling that pressure to provide for women. Mm-hmm. Because there is no need for men to provide for women anymore. They did it in exchange for women's sexual exclusiveness. Yes. You know, and women aren't doing that anymore. You know, because right. I mean, basically, a, a woman was a man's property, mm-hmm. and it's because she, and and the children were the woman's property. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the the man, the woman was her property, his property, so it all kind of worked. Well, now we still view children as women's property, mm-hmm. but women are no longer men's property. Right. So, in in terms of offspring and reproduction, men aren't getting a fair shake right now. No, they're not, especially they're having to pay alimony. Yeah, a lot of the yeah. Time. well, I, I really don't think that there should be any money transferred. I, I, I agree. I think that, uh, uh, you know, there should be joint custody. You pay for your children when you have them, and the man pays for it when they have them. You know, I was watching an inter- uh, there was a, I was watching a, a talk show, mm-hmm. and the woman on the talk show said, women are ahead of men right now. Men are still thinking traditionally, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Now, ten minutes later, on the same talk show, mm-hmm. a woman said, what women need to understand is that when they go on a date, they need to make the man pay for it. And I, I mean, I just busted out laughing. I thought, here they are saying that yeah. men are still traditional, and they don't even recognize uh-huh. that they're wanting, that, you know, they're wanting to keep the traditional parts themselves. Right. You know, right. why in the world would a man have to pay for a woman's company? This doesn't make any sense. Because right. the only reason he did it in the past was to get sex from her. Yeah. You know? So, so who do you think should pay on the first date then? I think that, uh, I think you should pay <laughs> for your own shit. <laughs> wow. You know? Or if you want to take someone out to dinner, take them out to dinner. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that a man should, why would a man have to pay for a woman's company? Well, is he paying for why, her company? Why would that be? Or is he just showing that he can provide or that he's interested in her because he's spending money on her? 
Well, I mean, in the past, that's what he did. So let her know, I can, I can provide for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. You know, he was getting something from her. But think about it. If a woman wants to have sex with as bad as a man does, why is he paying for her company? You know, I mean, can you imagine paying for someone to go to spend time with you? Guys do that all the time. Huh? Guys do that every day. And they do. They do. And that's terrible for men's self-esteem. Yeah, that they have to. You know, I mean, men think that yes, I have to, and that's not what women want from men anyway. Mm Women typically will take the the nice guys that will pay for their stuff mm-hmm. and sleep with the bad boys that won't do anything for them. Right. <laughs> I know that happens so, a lot. You know, and I think that uh, that's something that's probably going to be explored more too. Is that women have uh, you know their uh, you know their mating techniques? We don't know a lot about female sexuality because it's something that we weren't supposed to know anything right. about. Right. And I think that. You know, there's a different type of male that a woman's attracted to when she's ready to bear offspring, mm-hmm. offspring, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, when she wants to have sex. Right. Because usually the stable guy is the more boring guy, and he's not as sexual as the guy she wants to have sex with. Right. Right. Unfortunately. Why can't we get all yeah, in one and, package? And, you know, uh, I, I've seen this uh, just in women that I've known over the years. You know, the type of males that they when they decided to settle down, uh-huh. you know, and, and these aren't the type of males that they're attracted to, you know, sexually attracted to. Right. And I think men do the same thing, yeah. you know, uh, men do the same thing, look for, uh, you know, one girl uh, to marry, one girl. Wife material. Yeah. Wife material or not wife material. You've got to put into the category right away, depending on right. exactly. how, how you exactly. behave and how you dress exactly. and how you act. Um, yeah, I think that we're, you know, we're just, we're evolving, yes. and uh, we're just going to go, it's going to be difficult, I think, for some time to come, mm-hmm. until, you know, we transition out of you the, know, old. the old way and the old belief system. Right. Uh, let me skip on to oxytocin, which I had mentioned before, because you said that men do become bonded by oxytocin, but I had always thought that um, the effects of it were counteracted by testosterone. Well, a man bonds through, uh, the, the more a man has sex with a woman, the more likely he is to become bonded to her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why over time a man can just kind of, uh, you know, and you'll notice women don't put as many uh, restraints on a man until after she gets them, you mm-hmm. know, so after he becomes attached to her. But, yeah, a man becomes attached to a woman through having sex with her. And does that, that also happens to the female, right? Yes, the female too. Now, the female too. That's if, is that if they're having an orgasm or or not? I mean, if, if she's not having an orgasm with him, will she become bonded still? Well, see, there, here's where it gets tricky because you wonder how much of it's psychological, the woman just wanting the commitment. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you're talking to a woman that just wants a commitment from a guy, she's not nearly as interested in sex. Sex is not a big deal at all. Yeah. You know, when... Uh, when commitment isn't the priority, sex is a bigger deal. But uh, I, I think that a woman is more bonded to a man when she has an orgasm. I, we're just naturally inclined to, you know, to be motivated towards to want sex with someone who can, you know, mm-hmm. provide us with an orgasm. Mm-hmm. But I think that just, you know, in talking with women too, I remember one particular woman who says that she will not have an orgasm with someone until she knows she really likes them because that does cloud her. Oh. You know, she does get that attached feeling towards them, right. towards the male she's with. Right, right, right. Um, let's touch upon, you mentioned the four-year itch. And again, your book was the first place I read about that, and then ever since then I've been hearing about it. Can you talk about the four-year itch? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, they used to think that it was a seven-year itch. Right. Um, which I think probably is the itch started at four years and people just took them three years to get out of their marriage. <laughs> but I don't really do. Probably. <laughs> but uh, at four years, they, uh, they believe that that is the human mating cycle. That's how, you know, uh, a female would have a child and at four years, that's when she'd be ready to reproduce again, you know, rearing the, tra- the offspring. I mean, we, we uh, keep our children now until they're, you know, 20 30 years old, but in the past, to rear offspring is what we, they, they believe we have a four-year mating cycle. 
because the four-year breaking up of relationships happens across every culture. Right. And um, you know, here's one thing that men always say. They're afraid that women are going to change after marriage, and they do. So why is that women change? Is it, again, because of their sexuality becoming more to the forefront? Well, it's, I, I think that it's because prior to marriage, a woman wants something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can view it the same way as a man changes after you have sex with him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think this was more so in the past. Yeah, uh, so but no. you know, you'd have sex with a guy, and then the guy suddenly isn't as interested. The same thing after the woman gets what she wants, she's not as interested. Uh huh. You know, there, so there's definitely a change that occurs after marriage. I mean, you know, and it's funny because you talk to men, and uh, you know, when I interview men, the one thing that I I want to know is, did you know of this prior to getting married? You know, because they, they do right. claim to be completely caught off guard by right. it. So, you know, since my the, the book that I'm working on now is for men, um, I specifically ask them, what did you hear about this prior? Did you hear that women changed? Did you hear that, you know, any horror stories? And they all say, yeah. So why in the world are you continuing to do something? Mm-hmm. You know, and I also ask them, did you believe that you prior to getting married that men... Uh, you know, didn't get a fair shake in divorce. Mm-hmm. Yes, I definitely believe that. Yeah. Then why in the hell are you entering into something that you think is unfair? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Why are you entering into an agreement that you believe is unfair to you? You know, men need to wake up to what they're doing as well. And why do they you say know? they entered into it if it was unfair? Uh, why did they say? Yeah, why did they enter into it if they already knew it was unfair? Yeah, that's, that's what I asked, and they yeah. just say, well, I didn't think it happened to me. Well, why uh-huh. not? Why didn't you think it would happen to you? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I haven't talked to a man yet who wasn't aware of the 50% divorce rate. <laughs> now, he may not have known, there's a good chance he didn't know that women uh, initiated the majority of the divorces. Right. But he did know that there was a 50% divorce rate. So men have to take responsibility for what they're doing. You know, and just as a woman has to take responsibility for the relationship she's in, because you hear women complain about, Mm -hmm. you know, men all the time, well, they have to take responsibility for the relationship they're in. You know, someone was telling telling me about uh, a friend of his that got married, and like, right after the marriage, I mean, he said it was like the day after, which seems kind of weird, but, you know, uh, he asked his wife to make an sandwich or something, and she said, no. And I was like, wow. And I said, well, had she made sandwiches? It does happen pretty quickly. <laughs> and I said, it did she make sandwiches? pretty quickly. <laughs> and so, you know, what I, I, mean, this, I remember this one man. He said, he goes, there would never be a million years that I would have thought that I would have gotten sex after I got married. He said, my, you know, my wife always wanted sex while we were dating. Yeah, always. He yeah. goes, I didn't want it as much as she did. He said, I'm lucky if, she, if we have sex every two months. He oh. goes, it happened right after the wedding. Wow. It was right after the wedding. <laughs> The next day, I know, and I said, you know what? He should have said, I'm getting an annulment, because that just uh, shows us things to come. If she's willing to not not want to make a sandwich the day after the wedding, then what else is she not going to be willing to do right afterwards? Yeah, and men have to stop living in fear. See, they're so afraid that they're going to get screwed in divorce. They're so afraid of these things that they don't even try, and they don't gather the necessary information either, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Because it really men just need to be educated. They need to gather the necessary information and not just roll over in cases of divorce. Right, exactly. And um, you also mentioned the pass-through effect. Do you remember that in your book? The pass-through effect. Uh Oh, where you you transition from the chemical-based relationship, the role relationship, into um, a more conscious relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, in order to have relationships today, mm-hmm. because people don't need to stay together, they have to educate themselves on their own behavior, relationships. Um, typically, what we've learned from our parents is not a model to go by. No, you know, no. a lot of us, you know, didn't have great family lives, and even if we did, there still still may have been the element of our parents had to be together. So, as far as relationship skills which women think they just naturally have great relationship skills, and they really don't. No, they women don't. have as much to learn in that regard as men do. Um, but people really have to today educate themselves on relationships and become aware 
of their part, what they're doing, as opposed to focusing on the other and what they're doing. You know, and that's the biggest problem in relationships. Each person, uh, they, they kind of view their partner as a power struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, once you get married, it's just a big power struggle, and they never make it to do. There's a, a great book called The Seven Levels of Intimacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the author, Matthew Kelly, mentions that there's seven levels. And the third level is power, the power struggle. Mm-hmm. And he said people rarely pass through to the to the lower levels, the higher levels of intimacy. Yeah. They just stay right to there in their marriages. And it's really sad. So, you know, that, in order to move into a more uh, satisfying relationship, you have to educate yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, someone said there should be a... And it has to be your goal. You know, it, instead of rela- people just wanting to stay together, mm-hmm. they should, we need to wipe that stay together out of our system and instead focus on trying to have a great relationship. Right. You know, because you can stay together and have a shitty relationship. Yeah, be miserable. You know, and be absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. Relationships that last in the past, a lot of them were not happy unions. No. So the focus needs to shift from staying together to having a great relationship. Yeah, and a lot of the couples that I talk to that are married, a lot of them are not having sex or rarely having it. I know. It's It's amazing how few people have sex. Yeah, I mean, sex is really not, uh, you know, it's not uh, a big part of married life. No, apparently not. That's probably why. Yeah, there's a lot of that. there's a lot of unhappiness and a lot of loneliness in marriage. So why? It's really sad, and, and again, that's that's just lack of education. Uh, you know, that's the whole. I think I'm going to meet someone and live happily ever mm, after. And then so mm-hmm. you get married, and then you're like, okay, what what do I do now? What right. do I do now? Right. And, uh, you know, I say people often, they make a commitment to stay together forever and do nothing. They have no, you know, they, they don't have like a life plan. Yeah. You know, and that's what, that's the whole thing is you have to think about what do you have a vision? What is the vision that you have for your life? What is the vision that you have for a relationship? Do you share a similar vision with someone? Yeah. You know, these are things that people don't think about. The relationship doesn't serve a purpose. Right, they're just going You know, it, w- it was survival in the past. That, mm-hmm. that purpose is no longer there. So there must be another purpose for your relationship to serve. Right. I think it's to grow together to become more enlightened. And if you can do that with another person rather than just by yourself, it's a lot easier. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yes. And it's very difficult to do, though. Yeah. It's difficult to do with another person. But I don't think that, that people don't have a clear-cut, this is my vision. You know, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, hey, we're going to hook up and be together and life will be easy and we'll lay on the couch and <laughs> Let's have you know, really after, do right? nothing. Right. You know? I know, because I always thought, like, for me, uh, like, marriage was like, it was like one step closer to the grave. <laughs> yeah. yeah and a lot of women do, are starting to view marriage as death. <laughs> and, you know, that's sad, too, because relationships can be very fulfilling. But I think that, uh, you know, I just think that it's sad that we're we're raising females to, uh, you know, to make their priority in life now mm. to grow yes. and personal happiness. But we're not raising males that way. We're raising males to believe that their primary purpose is to make females happy, and that's not fair. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're ne- we're just we're just turn the tables, and now men are starting to lack the same energy and vitality that the women used to lack. Women used to have no goal for their life other than find a man to support me. Right. You know they weren't very interesting. You know, right. because they they had no expectations for their life. You know, it was just, I'm going to get married. Mm-hmm. And now, we're kind of raising males that way. You know, to just be, uh, you know, everything is, how can you make a female happy? Mm-hmm. And so, men are becoming much less interesting. And so, I, I think that we need to start balancing. Um, you know, there was a, there's a pretty well-known person that opened a school just for girls out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I heard someone make the comment, who are these girls going to marry? You know, and some people think, well, you know, not that they want to get married. You know, why should a girl just have the expectation to get married? But that isn't the point. The point is, who are these girls going to have relationships with? Because both males and females want to have, you know, fulfilling relationships. Mm -hmm. They want to be in relationships. But how can an educated female 
have a relationship with a male that, you know, that doesn't have any education, that, that doesn't know those things. Do you see what I mean? Right. So I, in my opinion, it was just creating imbalance. I, I think that we really have to send the same message to both males and females as far as, you know, personal development and growth and happiness and that type of thing. Why do you think the divorce rate is so high? Excuse me? Why do you think the divorce rate is so high? Well, I think the divorce rate is so high because, uh, you know, people don't have to stay married. It, they just don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you can't, it, it's just kind of like, um, uh, you know, if when the world was flat. Mm-hmm. Let's say that when the world was flat, everybody was building a fence around their house so that they wouldn't fall. <laughs> but when you find out the world's not flat, you don't need that fence anymore. Right. You know, it might take a while for people to feel comfortable not building that fence. That's the same thing with marriage. Marriage was an institution that was set up so that uh, so that people could survive. Mm-hmm. You know, the man worked and the female raised the kids. You know, and there were there were things in uh, that happened at the same time that caused lifelong monogamy to mm-hmm. be uh, uh, needed. Mm-hmm. You know, so if there, there's a you know it wasn't always that way. There was a time in history when lifetime monogamy became the practice. And now that's not needed anymore. Mm-hmm. So people are still doing it, yeah. you know, because they, they still think, oh, this is just the way that it is. In the past, they didn't teach females, hey, you know, you really would like to, to be with more than one guy, but you can't do it because this guy's going to support you. That's not how they taught females. No. They thought, this is, this is shameful for you. You wouldn't want to do that. You know, so we're just outgrowing a belief system that was set up for a very specific reason. And uh, unfortunately, we don't acknowledge these things on a societal level. We really don't do it. You know, just kind of outgrow certain things. Mm-hmm. And again, this does not mean that people aren't going to be in committed relationships. It doesn't mean that some people won't stay in relationships until, you know, for lifelong relationships. Yeah. It just means that this isn't going to be just the norm. Hey, I'm just going to get married without any kind of thought because I assume this is just what I want. We aren't going to just procreate like animals. We'll actually make conscious choices. Do I want to have children? Mm-hmm. Is nurturing children something mm-hmm. that I want to do? Right. As opposed to just assuming that it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's probably why I never got married because I, I said, well, do I need to do this? And uh, I said, I can need to do this right now. So hopefully more people... Did you become... ever have children? No. No? No. No. Luckily, I've never had the urge to have children, so I never had that dilemma of... I want children, but I don't have a guy to have them with. So in that sense, I was lucky. Yeah, I, I never had the uh, the impulse for children either. Yeah. I remember a man uh, <laughs> reviewed my book, and he said, uh, maybe that something's missing is children, because the author mentioned she didn't have children. And I thought, there wasn't one woman in my sampling other than me that didn't. You know, all yeah. of them had kids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we thought just because I didn't have kids, uh-huh. that maybe all that the women missing. I had interviewed, that, oh, that's what was missing in their life was, it was children. No. You know, the majority of women I speak with have children. Yeah, but you also. Know, it was just that I didn't have them. And I know of. I, I just made the correlation that I didn't I had lost interest in having sex with my husband in the same way that these women were claiming that they lost interest in it and they were blaming it on the fact that they had children, Hi. you know, so it's, oh, it was after my kids. That's an acceptable excuse uh, right. that women give to their husbands. Right, oh, it's right, because right. I had kids, I just lost my desire. Sure. But Meanwhile. if it happens to women that don't have kids, there's, there was some connection going on. I was like, wait a minute, I don't have kids, and I feel exactly the same way. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, we've come to the end of the hour. It's been very interesting and insightful. I, it was great talking to you, Lucia. Well, well, thank you. It was great speaking with you. And, of course, I hope that I'll be able to get a copy of your next book, and I'll definitely have you on again to discuss the, this new book that you've written for men. And what is it called? Uh, well, it's, it's going to be a trilogy. Women's Infidelity is going to be a trilogy. So it's Women's Infidelity, Women's Part Infidelity 2, and Women's Infidelity 3. Wonderful. Okay. And your website is womensinfidelity.com, and they can uh, purchase the first book, Women's Infidelity, there today. Right. Yeah, they can go to the website. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It was great talking to you. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we've come to the end of the hour, and uh, I guess I won't be able to talk about pink. Aw. (laughs) I'll save that for next time. 
So this has been The Art of Love. Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. It's my party. Yeah.